I'm going to start with a couple of quotes from A.W. To Tozer. Actually, no, we'll start with some prayer and then we'll go to those. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that we can be here again this evening. Thank you, Lord, for the hymns, Lord, that we can sing. So thank you, Lord, that we can lift up our voices, Lord, in praise, Lord, for what you've done in our lives and, Lord, what you're doing. And we thank you for that. And, Lord, we just ask, Lord, that uh, you might help us now, Lord. And we ask this in the precious name of your Son and our Saviour, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So I've got two quotes here from A.W. Tozer. First one is, We can never know who or what we are till we know at least something of what God is. And the other quote says, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And so I want to ask you the question, what do you know about God? And because what we know about God determines how we live, determines how we live. So I've got a piece of paper. I was planning, I thought I might use a whiteboard, but then you'd see all how bad I spell. Okay, so you can make a list for yourself and I'll make a list. And so I want you just to call out a few things that you know about God. Omniscient. Omnipresent. He's holy. Omnipotent. Yeah. I've got, a, I've got a little bit of... Actually, you've got my first four on my list, so that's all right, that I had. Keep going. All powerful. Loving, almighty, did you say? Eternal, Eternal. yeah. Creator. Creator. Coming again. Forgiving. Forgiving. That's good. Faithful. Merciful. Merciful. Amen. Good. He's good. Compassionate. Compassionate. Long-suffering. He is... He is our prayers. He's sovereign. Yeah, he's gracious. He's meek. Merciful. 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 Yes. Okay. He's our saviour. Amen. All right. We could probably keep going all night just listing things that God is and the character of God question is do we believe these things about God do we believe these things about God because our life shows what we know about God what we believe about God okay uh, and the question is am I living like I believe these things do I believe God is all-powerful I know he's all-powerful but do I believe it do I live a life like I believe he's all-powerful? I know God is everywhere present. Do I live a life like he's everywhere present? I want to go through a few testimonies of some people in the Bible. Now, the Bible is full of testimonies, good and bad. So if I mention King David, 
you automatically think about uh, David being a man after God's own heart. But if I mention someone like Goliath, you know, or Judas Iscariot, you know, they still have a testimony, but it's not a good testimony. And so we all have a testimony. Let's go to Hebrews. Um, and while you're turning there, I'll just read another passage of Scripture. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Uh, so Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, we're going to read about Enoch, verses 5, and we'll read verse 6 also. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In Genesis chapter 5, we read of Enoch, uh, verses 21 through to 24, And Enoch lived sixty and five years, and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years, and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were three hundred sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Now, that little bit that we have of Enoch tells me that Enoch had a testimony of faith. He had a testimony of faith and that he had a testimony that he walked with God. Uh, we'll come back to these again. Just turn with me to Daniel chapter 5. You probably don't need to keep your hand in those spots, but Daniel chapter 5. And um, the king's just seen the handwriting on the wall. We'll start in verse 10. Um, now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house, and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom, in whom the spirit of the holy gods, uh, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him, whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, the king, I say, thy father made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Balthazar, 
Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Then was Daniel brought in before the king, and the king spake and said unto Daniel, Art thou that Daniel, which art of the children of the captivity of Judah, whom the king my father brought out of Jewry? I have even heard of thee that the spirit of the gods is in thee, and that light and understanding and an excellent spirit. Uh, sorry. And that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. So Daniel here, he has a testimony before heathen people that the Spirit of God dwells in him, that the wisdom of God is in him. And I don't know of any better testimony to have than that, that even the heathen know that God dwells in this person. I think that's an amazing testimony and um, one that we should all uh, desire to have. Turn with me to Luke chapter 7, and we're going to have a look at a centurion. Luke chapter 7. Beginning in the start of the chapter. Down to verse 5. Now when he had ended all his sayings in the audience of the people, he entered into Capernaum. That's Jesus. And a certain centurion's servant who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he hath built us a synagogue. Now this centurion among the Jews there, had a testimony that he'd, he loved the Jews, that he loved them, and that he was worthy of that because he loved their nation. Um, flick over to Acts chapter 10 and we'll look at another centurion just quickly, Cornelius. <coughs> uh, beginning at a chapter, chapter 10. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. This man, God has Luke pen here that this man is a man that fears God and a man that prays always and a man that is giving got a testimony that he's a giving man gave much now we have a testimony before other people what does other people say about you if I was to ask John about uh, someone else in the room okay what would John say about you what would he say about your testimony would he say that man's got the spirit of God dwelling in him would he say that person loves God would he say that person gives much? It's a giver. You know, we, we have a testimony. And our testimony reflects what we know about God. If, I go, if we go back and just think about Enoch, he had a testimony of faith that he walked with God. So that reflects and shows me that he believed God's ways were the right ways. If we look at 
Daniel had a testimony that the Spirit of God dwelt in him and that he trusted, we see through the life of Daniel that he trusted the Lord. We, we know that from that he believed that God was in control. If we look at the centurion in Luke chapter 7, the testimony that he loved the Jews, he had a testimony that he loved the Jews because he knew God loved the Jews. If we look at Cornelius, a man had a testimony that one that feared God and prayed always and gave much. He believed that God was to be feared. He believed that God was generous in giving to him, so he gave. He believed that God wants to communicate with him and have a relationship with him. And so we see just from these men's testimony what they believed about God. Now, everybody is looking at your testimony. They're looking at you and saying, okay, what does that person believe about God? Because if they see you going into the doors of the pub, what sort of God do they think you have? If they see you gambling or um, you know, running your business uh, without um, good morals, you know, doing underhanded deals and all that sort of stuff, what does that say about who God is or what you believe about God? Okay, so our testimony is vital. The Lord used uh, in my life, uh, as a, when I was going to primary school, a family that uh, their kids feared their dad, they feared their parents that they didn't want to get smacked, but they reverenced their parents, they loved them. And the Lord used that in my life 18 years after the fact that they moved away in my life. So something that you've done in your life, you know, the Lord can use that 20 years, 30 years down the track in someone else's life. And so we're, our life is on show. And our testimony shows what we believe about God. What I fear is that in Baptist circles is that we know these things about God but we don't believe it. I fear that many of us live lives that don't prove that we believe these things about God, that we're not trusting the Lord with our lives, that we don't believe that he's everywhere present watching our... He knows our thoughts and watching what we do. I fear in Baptist circles that that's the case, that we don't actually believe these things about God. We may know them, but we don't believe them. When was the last time that we wept for sin, because of sin in our lives? When was the last time we wept because we were burdened for somebody's soul? When was the last time you wept because of your sin or you, just the way your thoughts were before a holy God? You know, we don't see... I don't see a lot of brokenness in churches I don't see people living this sort of life that they believe these things about God now I may be wrong but 
I believe that's the case. Romans 12.1 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That's the least you should be able to do, is present your body a living sacrifice, holy unto God. 1 Peter 1, 15 through to 19, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy, and if he... Uh, and if Ye call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with the corrupt with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, sorry, pr- but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb, without blemish and without spot. I think that we've forgotten what the value was, the price that was paid. We've forgotten that it cost what it cost God to purchase your soul. That the cost of that blood. I fear that we don't put a correct value on that. You know, we can't value it. That's the thing. But I fear that we are putting a value on it that's like silver and gold. We're not living lives that are holy. But God calls us to be holy. We're not separating from sin. We've forgotten what he saved us from, what he saved us out of. And that he saved us from the power of sin and death. We don't live like that. We're not living like that. I don't see it in these in this Baptist circles that we have. What application do we make of this? And well, if we want a better testimony, if we want to have a good testimony like Daniel, if we want to have a good testimony like Cornelius then we need to know more about God. We need to know God better. We need to study God better, to know him. We need a right view of God because we need to, well, not just know those things, we need to believe those things, don't we? I mean, it's, it's good for us to read through his word and find out his character and know God better, but we need to believe those things. We need to live those things. But if we don't even know them to start with, there's a problem. So we need to be learning about God. We need to get a right view of God. Because if we don't have a right view of God, we won't have a right view of ourselves. Paul says to Timothy, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of of the believers in word, in conversation, 
in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, be an example. Timothy, have a good testimony. Timothy, show what you believe about God. And the question I ask you and myself, are we showing that? Are we showing to others what we believe about God? I think the answer is yes. Sometimes what we're showing might not be what we should be showing. Are, are we examples of believers in the word? Are we examples of believers in charity? Do people know that we're giving people? Do people know that we're loving people? Do people know that we love one another? If I ask somebody, does that person have the spirit of God dwelling in them? They should be able to say yes about any of you. There was an evangelist that uh, in the States that would go down to the beach and he'd preach and um, every day he'd preach and he'd get people mocking him every day. And so one day he said, okay, all you that are mocking me, come, the microphone's yours tomorrow. You tell me why. And each person came up to the microphone and said, oh, my uncle lived like this and he professed to be a Christian. Well, that priest used to live like that. And each one after the other blamed somebody else because of how they lived and they professed to be a Christian. One thing they never did was say anything against Christ. They couldn't. But your life is on display. Be thou an example of believers. Be thou an example. Have a good testimony. Seek the Lord. Believe what he says about you. Believe what... Um, live like you believe these things about God. All right, let's pray. I'm going to leave it there. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the testimonies of men and women in the Bible, Lord, that are people to look up to, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for the example of Christ, Lord, that we have. And, Lord, we ask that you would help us, Lord, to live lives, Lord, that show forth what we believe about you, Lord. Lord, may you help us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.